Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We love if you can rate and review the podcast. More importantly, please forward on the podcast. Uh, Numbers are going up. Let's keep them going up. One thing I want to say before we uh, get into the teams that we got loaded up today is it finally happened on, I think it was Monday night this week. Maybe it was Sunday night. I can't remember. Um, It's like clockwork. Mm -hmm. Every year, I have my football dream. Oh, are you serious? No. Oh, yeah. Every You too? Tell yours first. Mine is always, it's a dream slash nightmare. I mean, it's. I am definitely at football practice. It oh. is hot. It's okay. hot. Okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it's sometimes it will be in the middle of a game type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I will wake up sweaty and filled with okay. adrenaline. I got to get out of bed and drain the main vein just to get myself, you yeah. know, woke up and calm back down, go back to bed. This one was pretty specific. Sometimes it's my high school coach, you know, okay. something going on there. <laughs> Most of the time it's, it's, a guy that's still on the Iowa coaching staff, Chris Doyle. Okay. Like, oh, sure. Like something weird. Like I can't even remember S&C what it was. Coach. I forgot something. Sure. Uh, my helmet or so, you know something I wasn't doing. I right have the practice. equivalent like, dream. Yes. A, a very common was I. I literally can't get into my locker. Yeah. To get my pads, stuff like that, and then all of a sudden I'm out of practice. It it finally happened. Okay. That is another one of the unofficial starts to college football season. Okay. I don't have. I have that dream, but it's not. And it's not set in football. It's set in like a job setting somewhere in the sure, past. Sure. But I can't believe that you mentioned a dream because last night, you know, we, we're preparing for today for this episode right here. The, we're we're going to go over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I was thinking about their roster as I was falling asleep. I don't remember what part I was thinking. And then I fall asleep and suddenly I'm like part of it. Like it became like a GM of their roster. And I was saying, okay, we need to get, you know, like a, a running back here. We need to get a, another left tackle. It was crazy. I, w- I dreamt about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights last night. We may be getting too deep in this I podcast. think so. <laughs> You're being serious right now. I swear to God that happened. I can't believe that you said you, that you brought up a dream. I was going to bring that up in the Rutgers yeah. segment, but then you started, kicked it off with a dream. <laughs> All right. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of, be, I'm kind of scared to be sitting across the table from here. <laughs> All right, so speaking of that, we are on to our second podcast with uh, team previews, and uh, we are going to do the Penn State Nittany Lions, the aforementioned Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and then the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's get on into it. First team up for this podcast is the Penn State Nittany Lions. First thing I want to say Mm -hmm. before I even get into the breakdown, as we've mentioned before, we have... Some insiders, some friends yeah. that we've gotten to know in the last year. So for Penn State, I have MJ underscore Perk at Perkins Penguins. <laughs> Could not have given me a better write-up. It was okay. a write-up that was literally pick six Okay, I was going to say like reminiscent asked. of pick six yes. or Phil Steele or something like that. To the point where I, I'm like, have you done this before in your background? It was, oh, it wow. was that good. Nice. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout-out. To Perkins Penguins, it was incredible, and I'm going to use as much of the data. Not not all, okay, because this would be a 45 minute <laughs> segment, is, right? But I'm going to use as much as I can. So last five years, as you would expect, pretty good record for Penn State, 53 and 15, which works out to an 11-3 average. Last year, uh, they were a pretty disappointing, eight and five. So they're coached up by James Franklin. What are we thinking about the Penn State Nittany Lions? Well, I could tell you. Penn State fans are really confident right now. Do you get the same feeling? Yes. So I one would say that's common of Penn State. Yeah, but they seem overly confident. So then I thought, okay, you know, I obviously I follow all fourteen teams, but not as close as a diehard Penn State fan. So I'm thinking, what do they know that I don't know? They must know something, right? Um, And I will say, Mr. Perkins feels the same way. He is bullishly confident i would say okay would be now not to the point where he's absurd yeah he sees what could be 
and not so good. Look, but... you look at their defense, and sure, there's a lot of reason to be confident yeah. there. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about their defense. But I, I, I will say this. Things were were dicey at times in the offseason. Yeah. This is what scared a lot of non-Penn State people away. So there is a, very much a glasses half full, glasses half empty type of look. I'll let you okay, take so, it for a second. So here. one thing that concerned me, and this is it's easy to look at this from the out, from the outside and not like – go really deep and make a judgment. The portal looked really bad for Penn State because they had at one point like 14 guys, 15 guys leaving the program. I think a couple ended up staying, but they still lost a lot. But it also doesn't take into account what they brought in, right? Very much so. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Everyone just looks at people leaving a pro. Oh, that looks bad. And it does look bad, but they also brought in some good players. And that's it. That's the whole you know, half full, half empty type of thing we're looking at. From an outside point of view, especially if you are a Penn State hater in some capacity, your thought process is, well, James Franklin has lost it. People are trying to move away from him. He gave that weird speech after the Ohio State game. Mm -hmm. Players are taken off. The other side of it is they are getting beat out by young, talented players that they have been bringing in off of they're amazing amazing recruiting classes. classes yeah and then the other big loss of course i mean so we're talking about trace mcsorley graduating no no yeah. harm no foul there and then they have a quarterback leave via transfer portal right so people think well that's an issue or maybe it's because they just didn't want to give that quarterback a guaranteed starting job sure. because they felt like after spring that the position battle was still yeah, open. Yeah, and that was the supposed reason that Tommy Stevens left. He, he, the, we're really not sure exactly what happened, but it's it sounds like he wanted more of an assurance that he was going to be the starter. I but he, what but what if is it? It's not hard to make the argument that Sean Clifford right was showing enough in the sure. spring, and they're just like, buddy, this ain't your job yet. Sure. You're going to have to fight this out in camp, and, and that's certainly believable. Now, here's my concern with Sean Clifford. Not known as a great runner, right? He's more of a pocket passer, and that doesn't really fit what they've been doing the last few years here. I think he's got a little bit more wheels than he's given credit for. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Defensive coordinator, I just like to say, Brent Pry. Mm -hmm. I guess when you list out the coordinators in the Big Ten, he doesn't come to the top of the list. Sure. He should. Their defenses have been... Very yeah. solid in the top 25 the last three, four years. He's been with uh, with James Franklin for, I think, nine, yep. nine-ish years now, going back to the, the Vandy days. So. Yep, he deserves a lot of credit. Yep. Uh, offensive coordinator is Ricky Ronnie. And I, just I was thinking say, Ricky Bobby, don't you? Dude, <laughs> right on my notes. But that's are we really sh- a new addition. Are that's we sharing, a- like, half a brain here? <laughs> you stole my thunder there. I'm sorry, man. But that's in a new addition. So I'm going to go, Ricky, Ronnie, Bobby, and Mike. And that's that's, oh. that's his name. Well, I'm just thinking of Ricky Bobby like the movie. Oh no, we were okay. So we're not on the same. No, page. we're not. Okay, I'm thinking new edition. I don't remember Ricky, that song. Ronnie, Bobby, and Mike. Okay, okay. That's why every time I hear Ricky Ronnie, so I don't think of that Ricky Ronnie. I think of Ricky Bobby from what's that? Uh, Talladega uh, Nights. Talladega Nights. Yeah, that's what I think. Of. Ricky Bobby. A little overrated movie. I'm gonna be honest. It's it was overrated. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and start on that uh, offense right there, right? Um. Not exactly hurting for talent. No. On off. Okay. In fact, they're 100% not hurting for talent. Overall. They're hurting for proven yeah. talent on the offense. I mean, like good wide receivers, but young. I mean, they're Very all, young. it's all potential. Good. Justin right? Shorter is supposed to be. He's supposed to be the next big thing. But he, we'll see. Right. We don't know. And uh, running back, same thing, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, KJ Hamler is is KJ Hamler's the real deal. Yep. and Ricky Slade's good, but I don't know that he's great. Right, and they've got a couple highly touted guys, but we don't Ooh, know Noah Kane, Journey Brown, Devin Ford. Here, here's the thing: one of those guys is probably going to be good, right? <laughs> I think two of them are going to be really good. And I've mentioned this before all, to all the the writers out there, to all the journalists. You get one Kane is able reference for this guy, and that's it. Okay, that's it. I'm going to give you one, and that's then gonna you're done. Tough. That's going to be no, tough. No, each guy, okay, each, each jur- guy gets yeah, one. Each journalist gets one, and you're done after that. Play it well. Wait until yeah, he you does better use big it well in a game. But I kind of feel the same about Clifford. That so that's my big thing. Is there's just so much unproven on the offensive side of this football team right now. There are a lot of Penn State fans bullish on on their quarterback, and they should be because. Well, he's their quarterback. 
I, I do think there is something to the fact that the quarterback competition was still open after the spring. And I do yeah. think Clifford has something True. to do with that. Okay. And he has looked good the very teeny tiny amount of times he's gotten in games. He right. has looked good. So now let's, we'll see. Let's throw another wrench into this. Without Moorhead, we know that there's a huge uh, Joe, yeah. Moore, Joe yep. Moorhead. We know there's a disparity without yep. without Trace McSorley, without uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. You take those away, and James Franklin has a very pedestrian record okay. at Penn State. Th- that is also a depends on you know how you, which way you want to look at it. Yeah, because he he got those players. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, he was he's been a better offensive sure. coordinator because he had a generational quarterback sure. and running okay. back. So Touché. I don't know. Uh, they're again, we're, you know, using Penn State fans as a reference. Right. They believe their former offensive coordinator is a touch overrated. Oh, okay. I you, mean, that's the sense you're getting. The the I tell you one thing. They didn't win eight games last year in the SEC because of their offense. Mississippi State, meaning. That's a good point. Yeah. Hey, that's a very good point. Uh, by the way, Iowa had some really, really good tight ends last year, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. That's what I remember. But do you know who led the Big Ten in touchdowns at the tight end position? Was it Fryermuth? Pat Fryermuth. How many did, did he have? I think he had eight. Could have been nine. Okay. I'm not real sure. He's good. That's that saying dude, some because I remember it seems like Hawkinson was scoring one every game. Yeah, well – same with Fryermuth. He needs to be a little bit more consistent as far as catches and yardage, but the yeah. guy is He's, a weapon. All he does, catch touchdowns. Catch touchdowns. Um, but the offensive line is underwhelming. Yeah, I, don't I think so. I don't know how else to say it. And and Penn State is not a school that you expect an underwhelming offensive hmm. line. Are there reasons to believe it will be better this year? Yes, but I, I think there's reasons you could say that about any teams offensive, you know, coming in like, oh, no, no, I think we're going to be better. This is a unit that's got a ton to prove to me. Okay, so their offensive production returning is only 44%. Yeah. We know it's really talented, but, again, just you can just pretty much across the board, just a lot of unproven players. That's here. it. That's a lot it. of young, unproven players. Yep. So that that's why initially I wasn't real high on Penn State, but then I started hearing all the, the love from Penn State fans. Oh, maybe I need to reconsider this. I'm still staying on my – my original thought there is of wait and see. I think they're going to have a great defense. We'll get to that. But I just am not real stru- real bullish on this offense. So switching to the defense, yikes. Uh, Good Lord. <sighs> Defensive ends for days here. <laughs> right? And they got great names, too. Yeah. Uh, defensive end, Yatur Gross Matos. I don't know. That guy's an absolute stud. Um, then yet an even better physical talent at linebacker with Micah Parsons. Sure. And Lamont Wade is a stud safety. They're all young. Well, almost all young. Cam Brown is a senior. He's 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 a uh, proven player. Okay. Well, Dude, tell, there, what is your what does your insider say about Jason Oway? Absolutely loves him. Yeah. But but I mean, he, he could just be... but there's so many guys he has listed off. Like I can't sure. list them all. Another guy is Jesse Lukita. Okay. A guy that has just made absolutely astronomical jumps in the offseason for measurables like something dude, they, in the they, water they... over there. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean something in for, the water. I mean, let's be honest, there has not been a shortage of front seven talent coming out of Penn State for yeah. many a year, right. but right. There might be something. Brought a little something in up the for water. the SEC, yeah. but there is. The fact of the matter is I, you just can't list off all the talent that's on this defense. And if you look at – I mean, this is a team that finished 11th in the S&P in defense last year. They only right. allowed 22.6. I mean, they, Th- it, this was quietly one of the best defenses absolutely. in the country last year. And th- if there's any team that can that can compete with Michigan State defensively that can maybe be the best team in the, the Big Ten and overtake that, it's this team right wow. here, I think. Okay. Defensively. All right. There – there was a time when I've looked at this whole team, and I think I was I was chugging a, a little Penn State Kool Aid okay. for a while there, and I was thinking about picking them at the top. Really, I think I've come back on that because there's too many question marks, but there's too many ifs. It could happen. I, I will just say this: I, I don't feel bad. I, I feel good about the running backs. Yeah, they're gonna be fine, and I I think there's enough talent, and then you mix in Hamler. Okay, I mean. Sure. That, that guy's a stud in himself. And Fryer And Fryermuth. Okay? So I'm not too worried. We need basically one wide receiver to step up. Mm-hmm. But if we need that, that whole, offensive that line. Yeah. If that offensive line winds up being good, watch out. If the offensive line just winds up being pretty good, 
that is a team that can 100% challenge for the Big Ten East. So I had a note. This team's going to go as far as their offense takes them, but maybe more specifically as far as their offensive line, line takes, takes them. them. All right, so biggest game of the year. Okay, biggest game of the year. I have Michigan yeah. as their biggest October game of the year. 19th. At home. Um, just, I mean. Right in the middle of the year. Right in the middle. You, you, you figure you're probably going to go into that game could One, be undefeated. maybe two losses yep. there yeah. at most. Two at most. At two at most. So you win that one, and you're setting yourself up I mean, for success. Off-season off games are Idaho, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Um, for my curb stomp game, I flirted with Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. But Pittsburgh was pretty good last yeah, year. No, I don't think there. it's going to be Pittsburgh. So, but I, I actually put Buffalo down. Buffalo was a good team last year, but... That's, that's a good one. I, I thought maybe... Because show, show Pittsburgh, you know, what they're going to have to deal with in a week by just absolutely blowing the doors off Buffalo. Sure. So that's my curb stomp game. I like that because, okay. you know, Lance Leopold, he's the head coach at Buffalo. He's he's like he's he quickly reached demigod status. OK. And the, his big quarterback's gone. We'll see, a lot of, we'll see what yeah, he this year. I like that one. I went Purdue. OK. I went Purdue for my okay. curb stomp just because, you know, we talked about Purdue in our last in our last cast, I'm just not real high on them. I think this is where they kind of flex their muscles, and they, they find a Purdue team that's not nearly as talented as them, and they just blow the doors off of them. So all those teams we're talking about right there in Mixon, Maryland, those are all their September and, or September and first part of October games, mm -hmm. which then gets me into the scariest game, which I have is at Iowa on October sure. 12th because it's the week before Michigan. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I I didn't pick Iowa because I figure Iowa's going to be favored in that game probably. Hmm. Um, so it's certainly scary. Mine is at Minnesota. I think Minnesota's a okay. team late in the season that it, we'll we'll get to their preview, but they're a team that I think can beat can you know can beat a a really good team like Penn State going on the road up north. That just seems like a tough one for me. But that is an interesting part of their schedule right there. October 12th, 19th, and 22nd at Iowa, home versus Michigan at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. You go 2-1 and one in those games, you're you're heading into the back half of your, of your schedule with a chance to win the Big Ten East. Yeah, and now they do have a bye before Minnesota. That's yeah. one thing they have going for them. And then a bye. So over-under is at 8.5. I am uh, – it's tough. Th yeah, this <laughs> that one, is Vegas setting that yeah, one that, right. That's exactly where this one needs to be. This is so <laughs> tough to be, for me, yeah. but I think I'm just going to edge towards the under. And I'm going to – Edge towards the over. You're going over, okay? Yeah, I think there's enough I see in here. I mean, here's what, here's why: at Iowa, at Michigan State, at OSU. I think that's three losses right there. Okay. So they only need one more to go under. Okay. And I see that, and yeah. that makes sense. I think they're gonna, they're definitely, they're definitely gonna win one, if not two, of those games. Really? Yeah. Well. And I, and I can okay. see them sneaking, sneaking. Well, I, I'll say this. Splitting Michigan, Ohio State. I'm going to call that right now. Okay. And, you know, I give them a 60% chance to beat Iowa, maybe 55% chance to beat Iowa. So okay. in that in that rationale. But there you go. I mean, I think that's a pretty good breakdown for Penn State. That right wraps there. it up. I mean, and, and I guess one thing we would add is, like, the absolute basement for them would be, like, 7-5. and five. I think so. Probably yeah, yeah. a lot of talent there. Yeah. Too talented to just go six and six. Yeah. But the, the top of the line, I think 11 ones in there. I I'd probably go 10 and two. Okay. Okay. Just being in the East too okay. tough of a schedule. All right. For this team. Well, here we go. <laughs> we are moving on to the Rutgers, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. All right. Big Kurt's literal dream team. This is my dream team. Their last five years, 19 and 42, 19 and 42, which Equals out to a four and eight record. I'll be honest with you, that's higher than I thought it would average out to be. Last year, one and eleven. Chris Ash is the coach. What do we got here? You know what? You look at their offense. Offensive coordinator John McNulty. It's his second year here. That's Not a big his deal first, why? because the previous nine years they had changed offensive coordinators every freaking year. I am. I'm ecstatic that they are running the same system. Oh, wait. No, they're actually changing the system a little bit. <laughs> now so, they're yeah. going to more of a spread offense. They're, they're going to spread it out a little bit. Um, it's not going to be that drastically different, though. So it, this is a great thing. Finally, they get to run the same offensive system 
two years in a row. And but, then on the other side, Andy Bu yep. is listed as the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but it's it's being very much broadcast yeah. that Chris Ash is Chris getting Ash. back to his roots and calling the defensive plays. Which I think is a great call for him. I mean, he kind of took over midway through last year. Their defense got much better in the second half of the season, so I think that's a good move there. Overall, I'm hard on Rutgers. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying what we try to do on this podcast is not hide our biases. Yep. We we just kind of we we wear it on our sleeves, as they say. Um, my problem with Rutgers is I have no deep history with Rutgers. This mm-hmm. is not like it's a team that I grew up with in the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, then they have joined the Big Ten and been awful. And w- when when they lost it for me, when they lost it for me, was last year when they got beat by Kansas. Well, they didn't that, just get beat by Kansas. They got their doors blown off Do you by know, Kansas, who was considered the worst team in the history of, you know, of Power the, Five. Yeah. But did you know that they actually got a zero point zero in the Pick Six game grader and in that game only because they couldn't go negative. The, only because they couldn't go negative. I mean, that was ugly. <laughs> that was man. bad. That was really bad. So they had the lowest scoring output in the P five since two thousand nine. Just an absolute atrocious offense. But I think they're thirteen point five points a game. Their offense is going to get a lot better this year, don't you think? As I uh, tweeted at uh, a friend of ours on Twitter, it can't get any worse. No, it can't get worse. But they do have some 123rd. They 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 finished last in scoring in the country. The first Big Ten team. Wait, 130th then. 103rd. Well, their uh, their S and P was somehow 123rd. They didn't finish okay. last in S and P, but but in, in points offense, per game, they were 130th, right? Yes. The last Big Ten team to have that was the 1991 Minnesota Gophers. Wow. Huh? Crazy. 90. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Because, you know, I was at a game, Illinois, Minnesota came to Illinois in, in 93, I think it was. And Minnesota had a pretty potent offense that time. So, wow. 91. Yeah. That's crazy. Or at least by scoring standards, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they've got weapons here. First of all, Sikowski had an atrocious year last year. I mean, it was off. But- Four. And 18. I know. I know. Four touchdowns to 18 interceptions. But four. It's bad. It's bad. But don't you think that wasn't just him? They were pretty bad across the board offensively. He didn't have any help. Now, don't you watch Sitkowski and say he's got a pretty damn good arm? And I was impressed by his interview on Big Ten Network. I will say that. Yeah. And he's got a good release. Um, He he got the ING background stuff. There's got to be something there. I think I think at this point it's mental. If he can get past that mental hurdle and, and get some help up front. So we got a little bit of the David Carr Vietnam flashback. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but their their offensive line is going to be better this year. They've got running backs for days here, right? Yeah, I mean, Raheem Blackshear is a stud. And Pacheco's good, and they got two really good freshmen coming in. Wide receivers, Bo Melton's a solid one. Eddie Lewis, uh, good tight ends. They have weapons here. I expect Jonathan them- Lewis. Converted, converted uh, quarterback, quarterback, very athletic. Kyle Penniston, the transfer. Matt Alimo, the transfer. They've got weapons here. They're going to get better. And second year in the system. I just feel bad because probably their best tri- tight end was Travis Volkalik. Travis Volkalik, and he's yeah, gone. Yeah. Their well, best offensive yeah. lineman, uh, Jonah Jackson, he left. You know, and and sh- by the way, they both stay in the Big Ten, so that's awful. Shame on both of those guys. Yeah, I mean... They would take a huge leap offensively if those guys were still here. Yeah. S- side note here. Yeah. We're, we're branched just for a second. Okay. Because I guess we forgot to talk about it earlier. But where did, where did you come out on the uh, the Dabo Sweeney not given a ring? Okay. He, did, he wasn't on the team. Exactly. I, like his, his most recent interview where he said, well, he wasn't on the team. That's exactly right. That's, right. that's, that's the end of the story. If right there was there. A, a 4-0 ring then yeah, he would deserve a 4-0 ring. But it was a national championship ring, and he wasn't there for the last 11 games of the season. By the way, we're talking about quarterback Kelly Bryant. Okay. Um, Why do you bring this up? Because it's the stupidest thing. I cannot believe it. It is the number one thing to point to on why we need football to start because that was an actual story. It was a story. It wasn't just a story. It was a big story. But this is why I bring this up because you you brought up Jonah Jackson and Travis. Okay. Shame on both of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to kind of disagree with you here. Okay. Um, it was the right move for Kelly Bryant to leave Clemson. He's yes. he, he was he is not going to be yes. out that quarterback. <laughs> he's no, not he's going not. To be You're right. Quarterback okay, in Clemson. that's fine. 
So he 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 should leave. Okay. Now, with that being said, both of these guys were starters, starters, and play. So it's it's not apples to apples. You can make it to the NFL at Rutgers. You can, but you're not going to be starting quarterback at Clemson. So my point I want to make is. Dabo was correct in not giving him a ring. Kelly yeah. Bryant is correct in leaving Clemson. Yes. yes and yes. In that capacity. No doubt. Maybe we don't know if Jonah Jackson made the right decision until his career plays out. Because if he does wind up going in the third round as an offensive lineman because he went to Ohio State. I don't think wins, that makes oh you God. go in the third round. Right. I just don't. I'm just playing a little bit devil's advocate there. But I mean, there's even though people don't want to admit it, there's good coaches at Rutgers, too. His, his yeah. coaching's fine. Well, let's get back to Rutgers. That's unfair. Yeah, let's get Sorry back. Okay, but here's one thing. I, another thing I like about their offense is their their quarterback room got a lot better. With yeah, the transfer. Speaking in. of transferring, McLean yep. Carter. So even if Artur is not playing that well, even if Artur gets hurt, they've got their their ceiling is much higher in the quarterback room. Or I'm sorry, their their floor is much higher in the quarterback room. I mean, I, I like Kamal Seymour on the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else I'm looking at here. You don't like anything besides that. No, I no no no. I mean, I'm talking offensive lines. Oh, okay, offensive line. Okay, yeah. but no, I like. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I like their. I like a tackle. I like a couple of running backs. Yeah, they got. And, a- and I like the potential of Jonathan Lewis, but we got a lot of work to do. Okay, here. so what but, about what about defense? Okay, defense. So this is where I'm a little scared. Yeah, because returning they, production forty four percent. Dude, dude uh, on Austin and Saquon yeah. Hampson were gone. Huge losses. Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 so they they their defense they had trouble stopping the run. They were really small and young up front, but they're one year older, one year better. Like their linebackers a, a lot, and their best player is probably the Avery kid and Avery Young in the in the backfield. I think right? what Chris Ash showed last year is that he is going to have absolutely no issues finding a defensive coordinator position. When things end, absolutely, at did a great job. He because but he's he going to need to perform a miracle this year with this <laughs> no. defense. So and I, th- I think what he can do is perform a semi miracle okay. and have this be a respectable defense. But but yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that to be honest with you. Like I'm, I feel like it's going to flip flop this year. Like their their offense is going to be serviceable. Their defense is going to be pretty rough. Real well, I do, but not la- second to last in the country. No, not defense. that bad. But bad. But I think they're I, – I feel like their offense is going to be better than defense this year. Really? I do, yeah. Can we put a bet on that? Yeah, sure. Let's put a bet on that. What, do you want to use S&P or just like <laughs> – okay. how you want to do it? Well – We're going to determine why this don't we off go, air. Let's do that offline. Okay. But, yeah, let's let's think of a bet to put down. You Okay, here's the deal. Name whatever statistical category you want to okay. use and name the dollar amount. I'm game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, eh, quarterback Damon Hayes, eh, not bad, right? Defensive Elorm, Elorm Lumar. Lo, that's my favorite name in the that's Big a, Ten. That's and that guy's a tough. stud. Yeah, okay. He's he's an NFL body. All right, let's get into the schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have a little fun with this. I'm gonna be honest with you. Biggest game of the year. Okay, I've got two. Okay, can I cheat and do two? Sure. I've got Illinois and BC. Okay, because BC is not a good ACC team. They, if you want to play with the big boys, beat a bad ACC team. And okay. I'm, the same thing with Illinois. All right. I have UMass. Wow. Yes. That just happened. Yes, it did. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you lose the first game of the year versus UMass, he, Chris Ash might get fired that day. That's that's a good point. But like, I, like What we do with these schedules, right, is we just assume <laughs> things. And we just assume Rutgers is going to beat UMass. What if they get beat by UMass? Well, what if they get beat by UMass? You're right. He may get fired. Biggest but, game of the year. Okay, they're not getting. They're not okay. losing to UMass. I also have UMass as their curb stomp game. I have UMass as the curb stomp. I also have it as their scariest <laughs> game of the year. You can't do yes, that. I just did it. Oh, man. I just did it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't. My scariest game is Liberty. Okay. Because you can't – kind of the same reason. You can't lose to Liberty. And that's in the middle of the year in between right. Minnesota and Illinois. I get it. Yeah. So I, it may be a little tougher to win that game than the UMass game. I'm sticking but. with my UMass across the board. <laughs> okay. All right. But then – so they've got – you know, all right. Hear me out here. I'm going to give you a path to Rutgers going to a ball game. <laughs> so you're, you're not only – okay, their over-under uh-huh. is 2.5. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, let's go. Let's, let's no, hear this. Okay, is it? Wait, in- wait. I'm I'm gonna take a jury care. Okay, is it inconceivable that they beat UMass? No, no. Is it inconceivable that they beat Boston College? It is quasi inconceivable. I don't. College I don't think good. it is. No, they're, they're they're pretty good. But they're picked way down in the in their ACC, whatever coastal Atlantic. I don't even. It's know not which inconceivable. One it okay, is it inconceivable that Maryland is a dumpster fire and that they beat Maryland? No. They get them at home, by the way. At Indiana, I don't think they're going to win I, it. I, but is I, it I inconceivable? I give them less of a chance to win that than I did BC. Okay, Liberty. Can they, they beat Liberty? Be, they should beat Liberty. Can they beat Illinois? They should, you know, that's six. I, that's six I, games right there. I'm yeah. not saying they're going to. I'm saying if they put it together, those are six winnable games right there. Yeah. I will I, I am not on its face, I will not disagree with that. Okay. But to your face, I'll tell you you're crazy. I, I didn't taking, say they're making a bowl. And game. I'm taking the under at two point five. I'm going over. Okay. Now I can tell you that I know Rutgers fans, they're expecting four wins, it seems like. For the most part, Rutgers fans want four wins. Or else it's probably the end of the road for Chris Ash. Ash. Yep. Okay. Next up and last team on this podcast is the Wisconsin Badgers. And if you are recording or talking about the Badgers, it is you're you're supposed to pronounce it Wisconsin Badgers. I, I think so. Yeah, that's it's like a rule. There's last, like a G in there, like a Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. It's not a Wisconsin. Mm. It's a Wisconsin. Yeah. And then a long A. Badgers. Yep. Um last five years. Pretty good. <laughs> 53 and 15 yeah. averages out to an 11 and 3 average. And that's with the horrible. Uh, yeah, awful. Just season. awful Terrible. 85 year Oof. that they had last year. Paul Christ, Mr. Excitement, entering his fifth I'm year. I'm calling him Mr. Warmth, I think, from now on. Warm- yeah, Warmth? Mr. Warmth is okay. my new name for him. Entering his fifth year in Madtown. Uh, defensive coordinator, former Badger Jim Leonard. And they do list off the offensive coordinators, Joe Rudolph, but I'm going to go ahead and give that title to uh, Paul Chris okay. as well. What do we think about Wisconsin? Well, so we, we mentioned what, what a horrible 8-5 and five season they had last year. Poor Badger fans. I feel so bad for them. But this year, coming back, I, th- this is a weird team, first of all. I should feel better than I feel about them. Okay. But for some reason, I can't feel great about this team. Let me... Okay, I thought you were going down a thought that I wanted to have. But so before we Hit get me there, let me say this. Okay, <clears throat> what I've tried to do for any of these teams is what would I think if I was in their shoes mm-hmm. type of deal. Um, if I am a Badger fan, I'm pretty annoyed right now. Okay. They have been good for literally 25 years. Well, well, 25 years. I mean, no, no. Uh, don't get me wrong. They've been good for 25 years. Yeah. They were they've been especially good for like 10 years. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um they've they had one quote unquote bad year, which is still wound up eight and five with a bowl win. Yeah. And people are acting like this program has is, run its course and they're dead buried. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It it, it is ridiculous. But but then you can kind of see it though, right? What like what what don't you love about this team? Because We'll returning we'll start okay, returning offensive production, 85%. Returning defensive production, 60%. Those are great numbers. Yeah. And then if you go deeper, like on the offensive line, they replace four of them. But the guys that are coming in have a, pl- a ton of experience. Ton and of the them. same with the defensive line. Correct. So that's, this is a, a pretty veteran, pretty experienced team. That but gets I, to come from the weeds to do it. Because true, they don't have a target any, on their back. Correct. But I just watched them last year, and they were so lackluster, and they were just horrible at the quarterback position. And I, so we, I can't be convinced that they're going to be great at the. No, no. Like, but, okay, Graham Mertz. Well, he hasn't done a day. He's never taken a snap. No. We know Jack Cohn is not a very good quarterback. So, and then another one I'm going to throw out there is Jonathan Taylor. He goes down. Everyone's talking. Bradrick Shaw. He's okay. He's not Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I still think their running backs are fine. They're, they're fine, they're, but they're, they're, but those guys are not Jonathan Taylor. If he Nobody goes down, is, it's, a, but, it's a big step down to the second person. Yeah, I mean, you're getting into some glass half full, glass half empty talks. I just, for some reason, I'm negative on these guys. Okay. I and just for some can't, reason, I'm positive. I can't fully explain it, though. 
and I guess I can't fully explain why I'm positive on me. Okay. So, th- so there's th- therein lies the Badgers somewhere in there around there. I, I just this is what blows my mind is like people are literally sitting there and picking at the offensive line of mm-hmm. the Wisconsin Badgers, right. saying, "Well, they lost all this talent. Yeah, they'll be do, 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 okay. Just they'll be okay. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Do we just answer this question? Is Wisconsin going to have a good or bad offensive line? Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. What? So let's just move on from that. And well, by definitely. The way, and, and by the way, it's anchored by a center, yeah. Tyler Biadich, who might be the best center in the country. So Correct. that's a good place. It's a good place start. to start. And every other guy, or t- at least two, if not three guys, on the offensive line played a ton. Yeah. They, right. Along with all the injuries they had all over the board, they had injuries on the offensive line as well, which. Yep is good for this year because sure. a ton of the offensive line got got a lot of playing time. Okay, so w- we know how good their offensive line was last year. We heard about it all off season. I think they'll be fine this year. But why will this offense be better than last year? Okay, I'll spell it out for you. Hit me. The, I think if the offensive line stays healthy, mm-hmm. you will get the cohesion and what you typically get out of a Wisconsin offensive yep. line, it will be good. Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. They will be good. They were banged up and off kilter at the wide receiver spot. They too. were. That's true. And they now, have a, they have an eight, underrated wide receiver room. It's yes, pretty talented. They, okay, that was just where I was. And it could get a little bit better here soon. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Because somebody was found not guilty. I don't and, see the, how that's going to okay. happen that quickly. But but I, I still, who's going to throw the ball? Okay, but you didn't let me get there. But All right. A.J. Taylor, very good. Wide receiver. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kendrick Pryor, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jake Ferguson is up there in the Big Ten for receiving tight ends. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, basically, I can point at all the things that I've always pointed at that anybody's ever pointed at on what makes a Wisconsin offense a Wisconsin offense. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is there, except for. The quarterback. <laughs> so big deal. And, and I, I, I need to apologize to Badger fans. I called their offense last year lackluster. It was a great rushing offense. It yeah. just wasn't. SNP was a pretty good offense. Yeah, too, it was. And they averaged almost 30 points a game. Right. So that was the wrong word they, to okay, use. It's just that you, they did that with, with Horny Horny Brook, Horny Brook, Horny I know. Brook it, man. I know. I know. But don't you think Cone is going to cone if he's the quarterback? <laughs> did we, <laughs> we just went there. Uh, and I will say. Uh, my Badger inside at her, at Sean Dolphin. He's not exactly bullish on Cone. I wouldn't like, think so. Like making a big jump. Do I think he'll be a little bit better than last year? I think that's definitely possible. I, I will say it's not just about Cone and Graham Mertz. Chase Wolf is a living, breathing yeah. quarterback that is in that he's, room. Yeah. Everybody says that he's got the best arm in the room, even even com- better than Mertz. Mertz. No kidding. But he's feast or famine okay. in that he'll he'll give the ball away. Now okay. that does not fit what Paul Christ and the Wisconsin offense want to do. Sure. But I'm just saying, if you're out there thinking that's the only two choices at quarterback, you could be a little bit off. Right. So maybe I just got a little burned last year by Hornybrook, and I just can't let it go. And I just see that. Well, I tell you what, the D-back sure didn't get burned by him. <laughs> hey <laughs> Good one. I did not mean to set you up. Horry like was awful. He was god-awful last year. Yeah, I mean, was he bad. was atrocious. Except for one game, but that's it. Yeah, so maybe that's it. Maybe I just can't get past that, and I saw Jack Cohn play last year, and, and by all, from what I've heard, I don't know what your insider's saying, he's leading the competition right now. He's so- leading the competition by default. He okay. definitely knows the offense better. Sure. I do think he has, from what I'm hearing, is I also have a another source that he that he's been looking better. It's been okay. it's it's gone from a a C minus cone to a C plus. Okay. Now that's probably still not enough to win a Big Ten West championship. Definitely not enough to win a Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. but good enough for this to be a team that wins a lot of games. And if miraculously Cone takes a big giant step up or Mertz just Well if if, if they get good quarterback play, then this is gonna be a good team. Okay. I'm it's, just it, but we're that's not re, it, it's possible. <laughs> yes, it's possible. People act like 
you know, it's something that happens once every 25 years. <laughs> sure. Wisconsin's had they've a had lot their of steady quarterbacks. Quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not great, but but steady well, they, quarterback. And the thing is, some of their better teams, they don't have great quarterbacks. They just have solid quarterbacks, right? right? Okay, so then you've already hit on – we'll switch to the defense. Okay. You've already hit on this a little bit. Um, <laughs> their defense was slaughtered by injuries it was, last year. absolutely. As well, and it still finished – 29th. Well, that's the thing. The people and act they like they had 22.6 yards so that's points the thing. per game. Okay. Everyone acts like they had a horrible defense last year. They did not have a horrible defense last year. And I think we year. even talked about it. And, and I think part of the reason we talked about it and other people have talked about it not being that great of a defense is because we were used to it being Top five. lights out Correct. in the 2016 previous, and 17. I think it was the previous three seasons, weren't they? Like yeah, Top five it, defense yeah. the previous three seasons. So they took a step back to not – not so much mediocrity as just not elitism. Just not elite. Still and, good. And because of what you expect when you turn the TV on, that's that. It was a step back. With that being said, like this is a lot of times what I'm trying to do when I talk to the insiders is, or, or dig deeper in the magazines mm-hmm. is say, okay, this is how many returning starters this magazine yeah. lists you at. Right. How many do you really have? They barely give Wisconsin any returning starters. I'm giving them six, which is at least one or two higher on the offensive side, defensive side, defensive side. side. I'm giving them six returning starters for what that's one or two more than what most, most magazines have them at about four, but, but Chris Orr is a linebacker. That guy has played and he started a ton of games in 2016, got injured. He's back. He's good. They're not listing, uh, Cole Van Lannan as a, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Garrett Rand. Okay. As a st- yeah. dude, the guy He's a good played player. right a, a ton. Um and Zach Bond is another one. And a lot of people list him as a star, but So you're feeling good about their linebacker crew. Well, I'm I at least solid. I'm not feeling as the the Wisconsin linebacker machine that they had chugging and running yeah. for five years there. It it missed a couple beats. <laughs> okay. So it, it, it needed some servicing. That, it did. Okay. It did. I, it, they had to get a machine operator in there to kind of fix things a little bit. What I'm saying is, yeah, Zach Bond, Chris Orr, Jack Sanborn, and then freshman Leo Chenault. There's that guy looks a like a stud. Yes, He's probably their most athletic linebacker on campus right now. I saw a picture of that guy, and I could not believe he was 18 years old. Yeah, he looked like he could suit up in the NFL right now. And he was almost as good a high school running back as he was linebacker. Yeah, the guy is a absolute stud. Wisconsin Player of the Year. Okay, yeah. So the cupboard's not exactly bare. They are at linebacker. They are light as far as depth on the defensive line okay. and linebacker. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if the front seven okay. stays healthy, this is going to be a good defense. If they get injured again you're probably looking at a shocking horrible 29th defense in the country type of you know <laughs> right but the, and those uh, again we've we've said this before those injuries tend to even out if you have a bad bad year with injuries one year you're usually not bad the next year too right. so y- you have to expect better health i i just i good look, secondary by the way too uh good. yeah good I, I, so I, tell I, me talk to me about their secondary what do you like Fayon there on hicks Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Scott Nelson. Yeah, Nelson's good. good. Um, and, and great on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and then Eric Burrell was looking solid. He, he another injury situation. And last Wild year. Goose, I think, is not even yep. projected to start this year, right? I and think he's if you talk to most Wisconsin fans, they are pretty bullish on the secondary and actually okay. believe that there's that there's depth there too. Okay. So maybe so. Top three We're, secondary in the Big Ten, no, but, but. okay. So we we've we've praised them pretty much up and down, in in, in most areas except for like quarterback, right? We, yeah. we basically said they're they're a lot well, better than people. Hold, hold on. So wh- I I still go back to why can't I grab onto this team and say yeah they're going to be pretty good? Is Paul Chris personality like is that <laughs> eventually going to rub off on this team and make them as lackluster well, as he is? Okay, I mean, <laughs> we had fun. We've had fun with that. Yeah. And and I I get why. I mean, it's it's he's bland. I, I in press conferences is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Do I think he all of a sudden turns into a psychopath when the cameras are off him and he's inside the locker room? No. Yeah. But I think he has a little probably more personality. Opens okay. up. Do you remember the Saturday Night Live skit when uh, 
he, uh, Tom Hart or Phil Hartman, who okay. by the way is one of the most uh, he underrated, was maybe my favorite SNL guy he's, ever. He's up there. When he was impersonating Ronald Reagan, he would. Well, it's I don't remember him doing to be here. Okay, and then they would close the doors. You're like back to work, <laughs> okay. and then he would turn I, into I, a I psycho. No, I don't remember that, that at all. Maybe that's Paul Chris. Maybe that's Paul Chris. Okay. And I will say, do you remember after uh, who they beat in the bowl game? Two years ago, it feels like it's Miami every. Yeah, but it year, wasn't but... Miami, right? It was. Yeah, it was Miami last year. Two years ago, damn, or maybe it was Miami this year. But oh, maybe it was the turnover th- train. It was last year. I think it was. Miami well, last, last year was year. the turnover chain where yeah. he said "f the turnover chain" or whatever. But I bet you he shows a little bit more of that personality Touché. than what we yeah. know. I bet you he's got a little no bit turnover more... chain. My ass Tur- is what he turnover said. chain. Yeah. My ass. Yeah. I bet he's got a little bit more edge. To it, I would say that's the most personality I've ever seen. But I do think you bring up a point in that because there are younger, more exciting coaches in the Big Ten Mm -hmm. West. um, Yeah, because maybe he just doesn't fit into that. The overall, well, it's been bland, but it's been working. But that your day has come. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're getting caught up. Maybe, maybe I am. I don't know. I should feel better about this. To me, the only thing that doesn't make me feel good, really good overall about Wisconsin having what has been typically a Wisconsin year is two things. Depth, okay. which I think is like Depth literally is across the board. Okay. And quarterback. So that was like last year. I, I rolled the dice on Michigan State last year. thought they are going to have a really good year, even though I knew their depth sucked. And it, it really bit them. That's a good point. And so it, it could happen okay. this year. I don't, I don't know. All right, this is a tough the, one for me. Getting to the schedule yeah. um, to kind of break apart the non-conference. <laughs> South Florida, which is weird because it starts Again, on the road. Yeah, on the road, you should never schedule that as an AD. No, that's weird. Central Michigan and then kind of beginning of October, Kent State. I mean, weird start at South Florida, but I think they're going to go 3-0 and all in, the, in those games. Um, so for me, the biggest game – of the year, I, I've I've got I've got Iowa. That's what I have too. Really? Okay. Yeah, I did pick Iowa. So it's November 9th, a little bit later in the year. Last year was a lot earlier. Um, but if you look at before that, they they start out two non conference games and then they play Michigan mm-hmm. September twenty first. Yep. One would expect Michigan to win that game. Sure. You could make a point that the next game, Northwestern, could be Biggest game, scariest game, Absolutely. all of that. Definitely. And do you have it listed for any of those by chance? Or? I do not. Okay. That is a huge game because that needs to be a, a bounce back game for them. And then, of course, you don't ever want to start out 0-2 in the Big Ten. So right. I looked at that Northwestern game for, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't pick it. Uh, Curbstown, by the way, I have Central Michigan. Second game of the year, just, you know. Yeah, Central out, Michigan for the, me too. Okay. Yep. Uh, scariest game of the year, though, I have at Nebraska. Okay, why do you say that? Kind of a little bit where it's at. They play Iowa the week before. Um, It's potential at that point, okay? It's not crazy to think that Wisconsin could lose to Michigan, right? Sure. Northwestern. Absolutely. Michigan State. Definitely. Ohio State. Iowa. Yes, Okay. That would be a bad season then. If right. They, if but they lose. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose all those games, but I'm saying they could lose sure. all those games. All of a sudden, you're looking at that Nebraska game, and you're like, we we might not go to a bowl. Right. And that becomes a very scary game. Okay. I thought about South Florida, just because it's a weird game. Sure. Starting off the year, you're playing 7 p.m. start, I want to say, so it's 8 p.m. for them. It's going to be hot. That could sneak up on you. I'm going at Illinois. Okay. And do you want to know why? They play Michigan State before and Ohio State after. And I've been telling people this. We'll we'll get to Illinois eventually. They have a lot more talent this year. I really think they're going to sneak up and beat somebody that they have no business beating this year. Or that you would think they wouldn't have business. Yeah, I I can see that too. I I would be scared of that Illinois game. That's actually, you, you sold me. I think that'd be the team I would pick. All right. Right there. And the, and the other thing about that is, so if we are looking at that, right, let's say they split Michigan-Northwestern. Let's mm-hmm. say they beat Michigan or uh, lose to Michigan, beat Northwestern. Let's say they lose versus Michigan, Michigan State. State. Sure. Okay. They, yeah, they, they got they're, – they're, they're teetering 
on a schedule yeah. on how we're going to do. They're already looking ahead to Ohio State. Absolutely. Trip it up. Ohio yeah. State. And then after Ohio State, Iowa at Nebraska. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That, they could be looking right past Illinois. And I tell you what, Reggie Corbin and the crew, they were breaking off some runs last year. Yeah, I mean, they, they really shot themselves in the foot about mm-hmm. 72 times in that game. Yep. If they'd only shot themselves in the foot like 15 times, they probably could have you know, been in a position to win that game. Win that game. But it was the it was that 15 to 72, <laughs> those shots, that was the ones that I've really did I've heard a stat one time. If you shoot yourself in the foot more than 72 times in a game, you're, you're like 0-82. Okay. That, it makes like sense. That. Yeah. Um, over, under, eight. I'm starting to get a feeling of where you think you're going. So it's gonna... just a even eight. Even eight. Uh, okay. <laughs> Vegas so, got that one good. Let, let's talk a little more about their schedule. It's okay. brutal. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, those are their crossover games. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's and I don't like the USF on the road. I'm going to go under. Okay. I think I'm – oh, that's so tough, though. It's tough. I, I shade very slightly to the under there. I'm going to take the over. Okay. And, I, I mean, first of all, I would stay f- as far away from this thing as possible. Oh, yeah, I would I not like put any money down at all. It. In fact, so. if you made me bet on something, I would take some kind of odds on just hitting eight. Yeah, right, yes. Um, because that, that's probably where I'd have them. But it, it is hard for me to envision a, a you know, dumpster fire rolling downhill type of thing. Wisconsin is Wisconsin. They're consistent. I just don't see that happening. So, you know what I mean? Like, going deep under the under, I don't see mm. happening. And then they've got Minnesota on the road. That who is kicked their ass last the, year. At the end of the year. And Purdue before that. Who knows? Purdue <laughs> could A young Purdue team could have grown up yeah. at that point in the year That's, right that doesn't make it easier and who, i mean same thing about North, N- nebraska who did barry alvarez piss off to get this schedule that's crazy and so, yeah. and so that's the only reason i'm shading under is just the schedule so freaking brutal yeah yeah and something that we'll talk about more and more as we get into team breakdowns is you got to take schedule into consideration obviously yeah but people go too far into maybe a little taking bit. schedule into consideration. Maybe a little bit. We don't know how good any of these teams no, that's true. are going to be. There is a chance by the time they play Michigan State in the middle of October, maybe Michigan State's a dumpster fire. Right. You know, or maybe Illinois has already fired Lovey Smith. <laughs> I mean, you don't Serious. know. Like it could be looking easier and easier. May- Iowa's maybe Iowa's a mediocre team. Yeah, you don't know at that maybe point. Maybe Justin Fields is not the five-star quarterback he was cracked up to be just saying like we don't know that but yes overall we have to see it we have to you know play it by what we think right now and it definitely looks like a really tough schedule absolutely okay i think that wraps up wisconsin yep and that wraps up this podcast unless you got anything else to uh add do you (laughs) you're gonna have you're gonna have any more Rutgers dreams i don't know i i'll I'll keep everyone up to date on that (laughs) do you (laughs) Do you think you're the only person that's like not directly not related to Rutgers? With the program? And I'm not talking like a good fan. I'm talking like a player or like his parents. Oh, okay. You're not even talking about fans. Yeah. You're not gonna throw them in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got to be in a small select group. And this, you were the G. You were the GM, which isn't even actually. It's, a it's not a thing. Yeah. No, but that was me. <laughs> Oh, man, that is some funny stuff. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed that podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.